0: Hello, Chase Lounge listeners, I'm Anna Lynch, the creator of Chase Lounge, and I thank you for stopping by today. It's hard to gear up to write a newsletter this week with the heaviness of the Robb Elementary School shooting weighing on all of us. I'm sure that we all feel the sense of gripping sadness and frustration that we just can't seem to elect people who will make changes to our gun laws. Of course, it isn't only gun control laws that need changing. I don't know if this horrific incident will make any political changes, but I am struck by the fact that 90% of Americans approve of universal background checks for gun purchases and 70 to 80%, depending on the poll you're looking at, of Americans approve of keeping Roe versus Wade. But somehow we have elected officials who won't enact the people's will. How can this be? Let us all do what we can to support common-sense gun control legislation and hold these families in our hearts. Make noise, get involved, and most of all, keep your loved ones close. And now some health news updates. North Carolina is finally looking at expanding Medicaid. The majority Republican legislature of North Carolina is finally proposing expanding Medicaid statewide By expanding Medicaid coverage, over half a million North Carolinians would become eligible for health insurance. State Senate leader Phil Berger, who has opposed Medicaid expansion for years, explained that he had come to the conclusion that he could now trust the federal government to fulfill its promise of reimbursements. President Biden also offered an additional $1.5 billion of federal funding if any of the holdout states expanded Medicaid soon. We will see how this moves through the legislature. If successful, Governor Cooper will certainly sign the bill. And even if that bill doesn't get passed, North Carolina extended the Medicaid postpartum coverage. While North Carolina is one of the 12 states that has not expanded Medicaid yet, the legislature threw a bone to progressives by expanding postpartum Medicaid coverage from 60 days to one year. This is a significant move since data tells us that up to 24% of pregnancy-related deaths occur between 42 to 365 days post-birth. Happy 50th birthday, Title IX! Title IX turns 50 on June 23rd. While most contemporary people think of the law as dealing with sexual harassment, the law was enacted to prevent sex discrimination in in any educational program receiving federal funding, including sexual harassment. Initially, the law was meant to target sports programs, but our understanding of the law has expanded over the past 50 years. The New York Times is publishing a series of articles about the act throughout the month leading up to the milestone date. And speaking of Title IX, Liberty University settles Title IX lawsuits. If you're a regular Chase Lounge reader, then you may remember a piece I published last year about 12 women who were suing Liberty University for ignoring their reports of sexual assaults. In fact, some of the women were punished for breaking the school's behavior code. The school has since settled with the Jane Doe's, although the terms of the settlement are sealed by court order. Let's hope these women were given a healthy sum of money, although no amount can reduce the trauma caused by sexual assault and having your community turn on you. With the release of the decades-long eye-opening report of the cover-up of sexual abuse within the Southern Baptist Convention, and we'll get to that in a moment, it seems that the time is right to expose these hypocritical leaders. And now on to the Southern Baptist Convention. The SBC hired third-party firm Guidepost Solutions to look into claims of sexual abuse within the convention for the past two decades. Guidepost published a scathing report outlining how sexual abuse victims were not only ignored, but the survivors were chastised and accused of being actors or working for nefarious purposes. They kept a secret list of reported sexual abusers that had over 500 names on it. Guidepost makes many sensible recommendations, but we wonder who will be in charge of seeing to their implementation. Other countries are liberalizing abortion laws. How did they do it? Last week, NPR's Here and Now program interviewed Enid Matoni Ndiga, the chief program officer for the Center for Reproductive Rights, an international organization supporting women's health. The topic was, quote, What's behind the global trend to liberalize abortion laws? Unquote. As so many Latin American countries have loosened their draconian laws, Indigo was very clear. The key to success in each country was their ability to take the conversation away from politicians and return it to the communities where it can be discussed as the health issue that it is. She said this reduces stigma and enables people to recognize abortion as an essential part of health service, making it a fundamental right. Did he really say that? Senator Bill Cassidy, a Republican from Louisiana, who incidentally is a doctor, when discussing the high maternal mortality rate in his state, said, quote, About a third of our population is African American. African Americans have a higher incidence of maternal mortality. So, if you correct our population for race, we're not as much of an outlier as it would otherwise appear. Now, I say that not to minimize the issue, but to focus the issue as to where it should be. For whatever reason, people of color have higher incidence of maternal mortality, unquote. It's hard to know where to begin with these comments, but let's start with the fact that he would think it's appropriate to dismiss the deaths of any particular racial or ethnic group to make the state's numbers look better. Race is a social construct, so blaming race or quote-unquote whatever reason for the issue is not helpful at all. He also cited the fact that Louisiana tracks maternal mortality for a year after the baby's birth, which also makes their numbers look bad. Actually, it's good that they are looking a year out, and recently the CDC started using that same measuring stick. There are many postpartum issues that continue beyond the 42-day threshold that was previously used. As noted in the earlier 24% of maternal deaths happen after day 42. Now, to give credit where it is due, Cassidy was a sponsor of a bill that Representative John Lewis had originally proposed in the 116th Congress before his death called the John Lewis National Institute on Minority Health and Health Disparities Research Endowment Revitalization Act. The law will invest in universities conducting research into minority health disparities. It passed in March of this year and was signed into law by President Biden. So even if Cassidy wants to fudge the numbers to make his state look better, the senator is interested in finding out why some women have higher maternal mortality rates. Woman of the Week. For those of you who are listening, you're just going to have to go to the newsletter because there's a TikTok video of a multitasking Canadian mother fending off an eagle attacking her pet goose while breastfeeding. Finally, if you're interested in learning about other newsletters on any topic, check out the sample. The link is in the newsletter. The sample curates new letters on any topic you can think of. Just let them know what your interests are and they will send you new letters newsletters to try out Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks